it drips back into the water and then it goes right back up the tube and it's not just water anymore it's coffeinated water that's going back up and then dripping again so it's kind of recirculated as opposed to like a mocha pot where it's going through the grounds one time I'm Kenneth Thomas, and this is Coffee 101, your one-stop shop for everything coffee. Coffee 101 takes you on an educational journey about coffee chronologically. So season one, you can go back to it, is coffee's journey from seed to shelf. And then we're in season two, talking about coffee's journey from shelf to sip. And today's no different. We're talking about the percolator. Katie, how are you today? I am great. Great? Yeah. Great is great because it's better than good. I suppose. And uh, have you ever had coffee from a percolator? Probably. Yeah? If I could uh, not tell you what it was, well, but I probably had it. I'm a percolator before. If you have had coffee at your grandparents' house, which you have, they make it from a percolator. Huh. You know, the little the little gray, you know, they have it plugged in, and the orange light turns on whenever it's done. Nor. Okay. <laughs> well, well. I have since, selective memory. Since your grandparents are my in-laws, I can tell you that uh, if you've ever had coffee there. I don't think I've ever had their coffee. Oh, well. Like, when I go to my grandparents' house, I don't drink coffee. I drink, like, apple juice. Oh. Or See, I have to have milk. the caffeine. Milk. Milk. Well, I haven't actually been to their house since I started drinking coffee or something yeah. every single day. Yeah. So, I just haven't had that chance yet. Yeah. Well, today on the show, we have Jay Reed, my friend yeah. Jay. I had him come back in. Uh-huh. Um, I met him this morning. You did? Uh-huh. Was he here at the coffee shop? He was. Okay. I came to get breakfast here. Well, okay, I came to study with my friend uh-huh. for a government test, and he was here, and he introduced himself to me. He's very nice. Yeah, so he just, did he recognize your voice, or what was it? I think maybe. I really don't feel like I have a distinct voice until people say something about it. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I guess. But um, I don't know. I was just, like, standing in line. Because, I mean, like, there's no, like, pictures of me unless you look me up. So it's not like he recognized my face. Yeah. So maybe, like, either someone said my name, or maybe it was my, my voice. Name, say my name. Beyonce say reference? Name, say my isn't that what she says? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was a Beyonce. Is it but Beyonce then also Rihanna, she says, say my name, boy. No, it wasn't that. Say my name, say my name. I think it's Beyonce. Huh. Anyway. Um, but yeah, he was like, are you Katie? And I was like, yep. And then there we had a go. conversation. It was great. Cool. Well, yeah, we got him in and had a little chitty chat about Chitter chat. The percolator. Oh, and, uh, French. Yeah, and and with the whole thing being premise being, can you make a good cup of coffee Kenya? with a percolator? Huh. <laughs> yes. Get it? 
Yes, I do. It's like Kenyan coffee. <laughs> yes, pun intended. Okay, let's jump to the interview with my good friend Jay on percolator coffee. And can you actually make a good cup? All right, Jay, we got you back in the studio. Glad to be back in the studio. Yes, and, uh, you know, I tend to get you for, you know, the, I don't know, the non-glamorous, maybe, ones. I mean, we did K-Cups. The average Joe? <laughs> yes, <laughs> pun intended. Fully. Um, and uh, today, we're going to be talking about the percolator. That's going to be an education for me. Yeah, well, I've got I, a little experience. I was gonna say you've got some experience, and I know that, I, or if I know you, you've prepped a little bit. I like. Um, I did do a little bit of a research. Yeah, and you know, um, percolator gets a bad rap. I'm just gonna throw that out there. I don't hear much about it, really. Really, much rap at all? Oh well, maybe it's because I'm in I'm in coffee, but like. Um, you know, not many people, well, I don't know that I've ever heard anybody talk very highly about using a percolator for coffee. Which I think is probably par for the course in the specialty coffee coffee arena. Yeah. But I did have my mother say um, that some of her friends have said, what kind of like the percolator beats drip. Now, granted, they're not doing pour-overs and things like that. Right. But it's like once you go to percolator, you'll never go back to drip. <laughs> so like, you know, it's that is the most that is that is the most bold statement I think that will be made on this entire podcast. Could today. be, could be. Um, so uh, so with so percolator, um, you know, was pretty popular, especially through like we'll say nineteen fifties, sixties, and maybe even seventies, until you got to actual drip coffee. Um, and I could be wrong, but I think it was in the nineteen seventies that Bun or Mister Coffee, Mister Coffee, came up with the like automatic like drip brewer. That must have been what I saw was early seventies is when the percolators were going out and the yeah. drips were coming okay. in. Yeah, so sometime in there. Um and um, you know, I thought we could do a little bit of history as far as the percolator. So um I guess you tell me if I miss anything or what you found, sure. but I found that there was a guy, um, he was a physicist. He was an American physicist who went to Britain, whose name was Sir Benjamin Thompson. And around 1810 to 1814, uh, supposedly he invented the percolating coffee pot. Um, And he sounds like a super interesting dude. So they they called him Count Rumford uh, because... He was named Count of the Holy Roman Empire and given the formal title of Count Rumford. Um, this was an American visiting Britain. This was an American who then became a British physicist. Okay. And he got these accolades because um, of his efforts in utilizing coffee and it's stimulating benefits for the soldiers in, let's see, 
the Bavarian army. Um, so, so he, he was influencing their, their diet, um, okay. or their intake, um, in Probably whatever help them, war. Help them fight longer and harder. With yeah. The caffeine, I guess. Yeah. And so like whatever that was, um, uh, he was involved in it. And then obviously the powers that be said, you know, we're going to name you count of the Holy Roman empire. Uh, and you're going to be count Rumford. Um, and so anyway, rock and roll. Yeah. So rock and roll. And with that, um, he invented the percolating coffee pots, uh, supposedly. So that was his, that was his thing. And, you know, we talked about it in the coffee and health episodes back in season one, but it can improve coffee can improve output. And I'm not talking about coffee that you put a lot of milk and sugar in, especially sugar, but like, um, yeah, as far as like just people's ability to get stuff done, Mm -hmm. to be able to shift tasks quicker, um, stuff like that. Well, it's interesting that you've got that because what I saw, and this is my my source is the inestimable Wikipedia. But did, did you know, say eighteen nineteen? Eighteen nineteen, a Parisian tinsmith. Okay, uh, so let me tell you the difference. So was was that a different machine? Well, the di- the biggest difference was um, that Count Rumford's percolator did not include that tube in the middle, that little tube. Okay. Um, and so this, that more officially we recognize as the percolator was invented or okay. updated in 1819. So you, you jump in right there and you okay. tell me what you got. Well, that, that's pretty much it. It said the guy, the first one using the uh, idea of boiling water, rising up through the tube and then cycling through. And this may be important too, with the capability of being used at, you know, on a kitchen stove. Mm-hmm. So that was in 1819 by Parisian tinsmith Joseph Henri Marie Lorraine, uh, <laughs> or something like something that. Like that, I said it as French yes. as possible. Um, and then from there, it just kind of says, I don't know if there's a patent. They that pretty much was just copied and modified from there. And then you've got uh, quite a few years later before the first U.S. patent was issued. Right. Yeah, which was like what, like 1865. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, and you know, as far as like how for, for anybody who, you know, doesn't have grandparents right now, um, or anybody that would have known and appreciated like how a percolator worked because it was dominant before we'll say the 1970s, especially in the U S. Um, it basically has water and there's this tube in the middle and you have your coffee in this little metal vessel on top. And essentially, the hot water goes up through the tube in the middle and kind of sprays back over the coffee grounds, and then they just kind of drip through the coffee grounds back into the water at the bottom. Right. And This is the part that I didn't realize, that it drips back into the water, and then it goes right back up the tube. Yeah. And it's not just water anymore. It's it's coffeinated water yeah. that's going back up and then dripping again. So it's kind of recirculated as opposed to like a mocha pot where it's going through the grounds one time. Correct. Without recirculating. So that's I yep. think that's probably the one thing that about percolating 
that yes. I didn't realize. You know, people get, um, they think that a mocha pot and a percolator are the same um, or that you, they can be used interchangeably, but technically not. And we'll have an episode coming up on the mocha pot. Um, but a mocha pot, this, they're using different uh, technology or whatever you want to call it to get the job done. So with the percolator, like you said, Jay, it's going through multiple times, you know, just kind of recycling and recycling, and we'll talk about how it does tend to be over-extracted. A mocha pot uses, like, the pressure from the steam from the water to push the water through the coffee grounds one time. Right. So that's different. Mm-hmm. Um, and and if anybody has a mocha pot, you know that it's got, like, this almost little airtight thing at the bottom mm-hmm. um, that you put your water in, whereas a percolator, if you have one, um, it doesn't. Yeah, and I've done, I've got a mocha pot. I haven't used it a lot, but I, I have one. I've tried it a few times, and I found it much more of a challenge to get right mm-hmm. than just dropping it in the percolator today at my mom's house. <laughs> yeah, so um, so you so you tried percolator coffee today. I did. And it, was it, um, was it a a percolator that your parents had at the house or one that that's right bought um, or what my parents uh celebrated their 60th wedding anniversary this year and okay. apparently this percolator a sunbeam deluxe okay was given to them as a wedding gift so oh, it is man. over 60 years old still works like a charm yeah no problems it uh so simple to use but um yeah I, you now my mom is she likes her caramel macchiatos and so she puts so much, she'll tell you, she puts so much caramel and sugar yeah. and milk in it that that she doesn't really look for specialty coffee to put in there. So it was a store brand, mild roast breakfast blend that we used because that's what she had. Yeah. And so it was a little bit, and then there was, on hers, there was three settings. There was mild, medium, and stronger. And we kept it on medium. And it was a decent cup of coffee. Yeah. It, it was a, a little mild for me because I like a darker roast. Mm-hmm. So I think if we had had maybe a medium to dark roast and maybe, maybe not put it on that stronger setting, that it would have been more what I normally like. Yeah. But it wasn't terrible. Not, so, not at all. Okay. So, like, tell me about this dial so, or, like, the the little thing that you, like, had your three options. Like, what do you think it was doing? Or, like, how, was it was that My, part electric or no? It's it's electric, and I think what's happened, just from what I had read before about how the percolator works, I think it probably, the mile just recirculated for less time. And would it automatically, like, shut off? Or it what? does, yeah. Okay. It, in, on hers, it shuts off. You, like, you could watch it. I timed it very loosely, and it was about five minutes total. And when I was reading the, you know, how, and watching videos on how it worked, they were saying seven to ten minutes with, you know, if you were doing it, on stovetop, you know, watching it yourself. Um, so it was much shorter than I expected. So yeah. I'm guessing that if you did it stronger, then it would have just circulated a more. few more times. But in her case, you know, you mentioned over extraction. I know that's a, a potential issue with the electric ones. If they're good, I guess they stop at a certain point. So it, it keeps the coffee warm, yeah, but it doesn't continue to circulate it. So if you made a pot, 
or friends or whatever breakfast, then it'd be kind of like a drip with the heat element on the bottom. It keeps it warm for people to have their, their hot cup, but it doesn't continue to mm. brew. Gotcha. So my, so the, so my in-laws have a percolator, um, that they use fairly consistently. And then, uh, I have a friend who of course knows that I'm into coffee and he bought me, he found one at a garage sale mm. and he bought it for me and we have it here at the shop and I've actually plugged it in before. Um, and it still works. And so, and, you know, that's kind of fun. Um, so one thing that just being kind of the engineered that I am, like I wanted to really kind of understand a little better was like why the why the little tube in the middle, like why does that why does that bring the water up or how does that bring the water up? Because I was thinking this isn't like a, a mocha pot where you have pressure um, and stuff like that. And so it took me a little while to figure out through through the uh, you know internet channels like exactly what it is, but I think I figured it out. Stay with us. I'm Kenneth Thomas, and you're listening to Coffee 101. Okay, 101ers, honestly, just want to use this time to say thank you. Thank you for listening to the show. We love, love, love doing a little bit of coffee education, and um, we're happy that you're here and that you're listening. And uh, as always, we hope that you will tell a friend and um, give us a rating if you haven't already. And other than that, just keep drinking great coffee out there now let's get back to the show let's say that it's an electric percolator um, or the same as like a gooseneck kettle or something like that where you have a heating element at the bottom um, and um, that's usually that's of course where you're going to get your hot water initially and so if you were to look at the bottom of your gooseneck kettle or your percolator or whatever, um, your hot water pitcher, um, you see those little bubbles. You know, right. so, so that area is hot enough that it is, you know, it would be boiling if, you know, it wasn't for the rest of it that has to be, like, heated. Kind of catch up. So here, to me, this is the cool part, is what a percolator does is it, it has a way – at the bottom of that little the tube that goes up where you have almost like an upside down umbrella mm-hmm. and as those those bubbles of steam like rise up and want to go somewhere it funnels them to that tiny little tube okay now the bubble itself is not important but but what what is the important part is you have you have that that specific water at that area in the pot is up to close to boiling temperature, even if the rest of the pot is not. And so steam, of course, is going to rise. It wants to rise. And so you have funneled it to this little tube that is magically about the size of a bubble, mm-hmm. right, of steam. And what it is is... Um, it's the equivalent of the the same principle behind this thing called a gas lift pump, okay. and so if you think about it, your bubble has we'll say 
water above it, right? Okay. And it's almost like it's using that bubble as a conveyor belt to like lift and push push that tiny tiny little bit of water okay. up. But because you have so many bubbles and they're constantly like pushing up and pushing up and pushing up, then and and when it gets to the top and the the bubble burst, we'll uh-huh. say, then your water then that's when it sprays over you know, your grounds. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. And then the percolator, like the one you showed me and the one Mama has, is, you know, it's got, when it gets to the top, it's almost got like a, it doesn't just spray out. It has like a, a top on it with holes. Yeah. And so it, it spreads out over that and sort of drips more or less evenly over the grind, over the grounds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that, that this little piece of the percolator puzzle that, that was, I didn't realize was there as well. Yeah. Yeah, so um, as far as can you make a good cup of coffee from a percolator, um, I'm going to argue yes, which is bold because all of the internet says, all the internet that, that you know, is like, you know, there is better coffee out uh-huh. there says no. Um, as far as people that are like, we'll say specialty coffee, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. But, you know, you could. There are ways that you could optimize a really good cup. I, and I wonder what they're comparing it to. Like, is that compared to drip, or is that compared to like a pour over French press, that sort of thing? Well, they say it's good, bad, or otherwise. Well, honestly, I don't even think it's that. I think that they are just reading other articles, mm-hmm. and then because the other seven articles they look at say that. Mm-hmm then that's what they write in their article. <laughs> Honestly. That's true of a lot of the internet, for sure. Yeah. Because yeah. what I read, actually, I saw several articles that said percolator makes a, a better cup of coffee. Not maybe, maybe not better than some of the other methods, but compared to drip anyway. Yeah. Because it used the word fully extracted. But then the next paragraph <laughs> will say, but you also have to be careful not of to over-extraction. over-extract. Yeah. But I think with the electric ones, it's kind of a built-in safeguard with if you're doing it with at the campfire yeah. or on your gas stove, you have to pay more attention to it. Yeah. So here's what I would say as far as like if you have a percolator or you want to play with one and like what I call dial in a, a good cup of coffee or a good pot of coffee for people. Um I would start with pretty close to boiling, you know, like hot water like in the in the pot. So like like this might get a little complicated, but again, this is me telling you, one of oneers, like what you can do to make it actually a good cup instead of you know the ten articles that you read that say it's always going to be over extracted. Is you can get that one ninety five to two hundred five water temperature water, or we'll say even just close to boil water in there already. So most all of it is really close to the right temperature. So you're saying put boiling or 205 water in it to start with, not Correct. start with cold. Okay. Yeah. If, if yes, if you can do that, um, and there's a couple of different ways you can do it. You could, you could heat it up somewhere else and then pour it in there. Um, or you could actually simply do it in there without the section in it for the coffee uh-huh. and then bring that section in 
you know, later you'd have to work, you have to worry about like, you don't want to like steam burn your fingers when you put that in there. But, um, so anyway, so in, in doing that, what you're doing is you're removing some of the error and some of the potential for over extraction because of the unpredictability of how quickly everything's going to get to temperature. So then you have your grounds and, um, what I would do is just over time, um, I would I would start with the same temperature water, and I would time it, and I would I would pull you know I would uh, let's say the first time you ever do it um, with a percolator, um, arbitrarily I'm gonna say four minutes. You pull it off. What I say, pull it off or remove the heat at four minutes, um, and then taste how that is. And then the next time, do it at five and six and whatever. And hopefully you have a, um, you know, a, a a tongue for like what's under extracted and what's over extracted. Because under extracted, you're going to have it's going to taste a little more acidic or sour, okay. and then over extracted is going to have a little more bitter. Okay, so under extracted is sour, over extracted is bitter. Correct. More or less a rule of thumb. Right. Um, and you should be able to find a way to dial it in. If you were super, super, super fancy, then you could just get your refractometer out <laughs> and you could see if it's, you know, at the right uh, total dissolved solids, which would be about 1.25 to 1.35% um, of, you know, the water. But that's getting, like, way off in there. Right. But if you're just looking to eyeball it, you know, that's a good way to eyeball it. Um, what about grind size? Have you looked into that or thought through that at all? So whatever you do with grind size, I would keep it the same. Now, if it was me and I was trying to make the perfect cup from a percolator, I would go to a more up to a coarser grind size because of the risk of over extraction. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Because you're what you're doing is you're lowering the surface area that because with a coarser grind, there's just less surface area that the water can interact with the bean, right? And there's less chance of over extraction, if that makes sense. It does. So you thinking somewhere between drip grind and French, French press, press, or yeah. something more towards French press than that size, or yeah. And the other benefits you get from that is a lot of times with a percolator, uh, you will have some we call fines, you mm-hmm. know, that are in the bottom of the cup or bottom of the pitcher. Um, and a lot of people don't like that. Um, I don't know anybody who likes it, to be honest with you. Uh, but the coarser grinds, you know, you stand less chance of that. And I saw two things on the video that I watched today. One to help with that was one person put, actually put a paper filter yeah. in the in the metal basket, which it doesn't require, but that sort but of took some that. of that out. And then the other thing she recommended was once you took it off the fire, this was a, you know, a stovetop version. Uh, to kind of let it sit there a couple of minutes and let those fines settle to the bottom. Yeah. So you get at least less in your cup. Yeah, and you can definitely do that. The other thing I would say or add is once you feel like you're done, um, try to see if there's a way that you can just generically, like, remove the little thing of grounds, you know, so that you just simply have a pot there and that you don't have any chance – that there's going to be water that's going to continue to um, go through the beans, the the grinds, and like and and make your cup like all 
you know, overextracted. Makes sense. If that makes sense. So, so that's kind of my way as far as thinking on how can you make an actual good cup with, or can you make, and how do you make a good cup with a percolator? So, in summary, I think that you can. You just have to use a lot of the tools that we've talked about on the podcast um, to just t- kind of figure out um, where you can troubleshoot to, you know, prevent mm-hmm. some of the overextraction. Yeah, and with an electric percolator, it's going to time it for you. For pretty much, you can dial in some of the other things with a with a stovetop. Then you right. have more opportunity to to get it personalized um and that kind of goes back to you know comparing drip to pour over as far as your time and your i think we've talked about this on one of the other episodes i was on you can with a with a k-cup or a drip you press a button you walk away you go do whatever you need to do you come back and your coffee's ready and and it's going to be consistently good bad or (laughs) or somewhere in between but with a with a stovetop percolator it's going to be like a pour over to some degree or something like that where you you have to time it and you have to to watch it and, and make sure you have some control over that that over extraction if you let it sit yeah. there it's going to keep circulating and right and uh, you walk away and you forget yeah well and you're and another or one last note um for me is you're going to have more predictability and more consistency with electric versus if you're doing it on the stove just because you have a just a few more variables um as far as predictability of the heat source with the stove than if you're doing it like electric if that makes sense it does but i guess it's it's kind of a nice gadget to have i i don't have one personally and with all the other gadgets that i have it's probably not something i would go out and get yeah. but if you found yourself you know at an airbnb and that's what they have and or you find one you're camping or whatever and that's what you have access to, then I think you can come away, you know, not disappointed. Yeah, exactly. Is that being a little bit too diplomatic? No, 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 that's fine. So let's shift gears and tell me about, um, we've talked about it before, but your two podcasts minus being a guest on this one. Uh, well, I've got one that's been going for, gosh, 250 episodes we did a few weeks ago. That's a uh, lot. Guys of a certain age. We've been doing it since I think 2019. We're wow. Yeah. So we're still season one, but we're 250 episodes into season <laughs> one. And that's just why don't three. you change it to season two? <laughs> I'm not in control of that. <laughs> oh man. The perpetual season. But we talk about nerd stuff, Star Wars, Star Trek, all that kind of stuff, movies, books. Yeah. You know, all that kind of stuff. And then um my son and I have one called Vittles and Vitals, where we talk about various we kind of pick a subject and then uh, talk about how food relates to that subject. So when he graduates, he's working on his master's now. When he graduates, that will uh, that will hopefully revitalize and revamp that one. Gotcha. So what would you say is the most fun or unique thing that you have talked about there that related to food? Huh. Well, I think one of my favorite episodes – was we we talked about Harry Potter and just the okay. phenomenon of the amount of books sold and the movies and all the things and um and we even did our we figured out what our patronuses were and all took all the little tests and what house we were in and all that so that was a lot of fun yeah 
And then on the food side, we talked about the butterbeer and the chocolate frogs and, and all the, the things that they ate. The, I think it's pumpkin cakes or something. Anyway, lots or pumpkin juice. Yeah. But lots of, uh, you know, lots of food is, is in the movie, but not a lot of food that, that you would normally have yeah. outside of England or outside of, you know, Diagon Alley, maybe. Yeah. So, so that was, that's one that really, uh, sort was of fun. was fun. Yeah. Well, have you ever had butterbeer? I have had a variety of, uh, we, I have been to Universal yeah. in Florida and had yeah. the butterbeer there. Did which you is have pretty like good. the, like the frozen? I think or the frozen one was yeah. what we got that day. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I intended to They're get every so every kind they had, and just lost track of the day. But it's a, it's super sugary, but like it's so good. Well, on a hot day, it'd be great. Oh yeah, because like yeah, by the time you actually get there and you get in that line for the butter beer, and uh, yeah, it it definitely hits. Um, I am curious. So what what house? What house were you in? Because I, I remember, I know which one I'm in. I think I ended up in Gryffindor. I'd have to go back and look at my notes. But Okay, so this is terrible one on but uh So remind me, so was is Harry Potter? Harry, Harry was Gryffindor. a Gryffindor. Okay. Yeah. So and then there's Ravenclaw, Hufflepuff, and Slytherin. Slytherin, right. So can Slytherin you guess, was Draco. Draco, Draco, Draco yeah. okay. So can you guess which um, house I was in? I hate to guess. <laughs> guess, come on, come on. Hufflepuff. <laughs> no, I was not a Hufflepuff. I was a Ravenclaw. Okay, okay. Yep. So our whole family took the test, and we had one Gryffindor. We had maybe two Ravenclaw, and no, we had two Gryffindor, two Ravenclaw, two Hufflepuff. Okay. Yeah. So <laughs> a nice balanced family. Yeah. So I kind of wanted to be in Harry's, but like. You know, you got to be honest on the test. And well, so, yeah, and the sorting hat so yeah. does what the and, sorting hat yeah, does. Yeah, what it does what it does. And so, like, you know, you, I mean, it's the sorting hat. So, Yeah, yeah. and I, I I wish I could say I was an expert, but we, we just went to Harry Potter in concert the other day, just a few days ago, to see okay. that with a live orchestra That's cool. in the first movie. So I'm I'm fresh up on all the, <laughs> all the houses all right the stuff. now. That's awesome. Well, listen, it's great to have you on today. Thanks for having me. It was fun. All right, so now you know everything that you need to know about the Percoletor. Oh, yes. More than I ever thought I would need to know. Well, but that's the thing. is like, and that's why we needed this episode is because the internets don't. The what? The internets don't. The internet? The internets don't do justice to what you could do with the Percolator. Yeah. I actually read a paper on coffee. Yeah? When? This morning. It was due today. So what did you say about it? Um, I forgot. It was an exemplification essay. What does exemplification mean? It means like you're like, you use a lot of examples in your essay to like prove uh, your point. Okay. So it's not just like you're like describing something. It's like you have a topic and like you'll write your thesis and then... You write, like, you fill your paper with just, like, with tons of examples to, like, prove your point. Gotcha. Or to, like, yeah. Like, I can make this drink and this drink and this drink and this drink. No, it's oh. more like, it's more like facts, but also experiences. Okay, facts and experiences. I got uh-huh. you. Okay, I'm tracking with you. Yeah. Um, did you appreciate in our interview when we went off on a tangent about like 
you know, like Jay was in Gryffindor. I'm a Gryffindor. I know you're Aurora. a Gryffindor. I'm kind of, I'm kind Courage. of jealous, honestly. Bravery. Something else. I should know. Yeah, you should. I'm of that house. Yes, and I'm Ravenclaw. I feel like you can tell that like, you are, or that I am. Like that's like that so. Okay, it's not nerdy, but it's like a little. Uh-huh. Like if you're like, I bet you're a Hufflepuff, aren't you? Like I can pick out people from crowds of like which house they're in. I think I could pick out Hufflepuffs and Slytherins easily. Because Slytherins also, though, you have to take into account that like Slytherins aren't just mean people. It's more just like kind of like a little like stick to yourself, kind of like crafty, like smart, like I feel like quick-witted people. Mm. And not necessarily just like, ooh, you're mean. You're a Slytherin. Like, Jane's a Slytherin. Is she really? Yeah, she is. And I can totally see, like, I wouldn't put her in any other thing. Yeah. Like, I'm a Gryffindor, and the only other thing I feel like I could be is a Hufflepuff. Because I would be Ravenclaw, because I feel like, not to toot my own horn, but I feel like I'm, like, a pretty smart person. Yeah. But I'm not, like, I'm not, like, um... I don't we'll look know. up what Ravenclaw, what their thing is. Because um, they're more like, I feel like, logical. Yeah. I don't know why I know so much Cleverness, wisdom, wit, intellectual ability, and creativity. Yeah. Well, look, up glif- look up Gryffindors. Okay, let me see. Hang on I don't on know a who I am. Um, how do you even spell say Gryffindor? G-R-Y-F-F-I-N-D-O-R-S. Okay, hang on. So, courage, daring, nerve, Chivalry. Oh, Sly. I mean, <laughs> like, if go. someone's like five words to describe yourself, I probably wouldn't use any of those words, but like, they're there. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, woohoo. Woohoo. All right. That's all the time we got today. Thank y'all for listening. And we're going to tell you to do two things like, subscribe, comment, share this post. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh. That was that was subconscious. Self. Su- what is how do you? I've always been confused. Subconscious, subconscious, unconscious, subconscious. Like, what does subconscious mean? It's like it's kind of almost like it's going on in the background and you don't realize it. Yeah. Yeah. That was subconscious. Yeah. yeah. So we want you to tell a friend. Go tell a friend. Like you know, even if you're a Gryffindor and they're a Slytherin, like. We don't want you to hold no back judge. on telling people about Coffee 101. And if you think about it, or you get a wild hair, just give us a rating. Um, and you can also use Not that. Not a rating. A rating. What? Rating. Give us a rating. And uh, you can also use that area to, um, you know, just tell us, like, which, uh, what do you call it, house? Yeah. Which house you're in. You know, yeah. If you're like a. A full puff, or and then like it would be interesting no, 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 to no, take. No, 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 no. Write on. your comment first, and then say which one you are. Like after that, so that because we I can bet guess. I could read it, and I'd be like, oh yeah, you're. Yeah. A it would be interesting sure. to look at like the coffee industry in general, and see like across lots the board, of everyone. lots of everyone. Like across the board, if it's like even distribution of the four houses, or if it's like it's definitely even. Like, that's a bold no, no, statement. No. That's a daring it's, statement, it's definitely which even. fits if you a Gryffindor. Think about it. If you think about it, 
There's plenty of Gryffindors, but that's probably the least. One. I don't know if there's like, most I, no, Gryffindors. No, no, no. I would say 20, no, 19% Gryffindors. <laughs> okay. Like 30% Slytherin. Um, 21%, no, 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 like 39% Ravenclaw and whatever left percent of Hufflepuff. But if Hufflepuff is less than Gryffindor, then just switch those around. Okay, so here's what we're going to do is the day that this episode comes out on Humble Coffee's story on Instagram, we are going to have a vote. And I, I just want to see, like, across people who like coffee. Which house you're in. Which house you're in or you think that you're in. Yeah. If and you we don't see what know, the percentage is. go take a test. There's, like, an official one. If you look up, like, Harry Potter... Which house am I in? There should be a website. I could be wrong. But I think it's called like My Wizarding World. And that's like Something the like official that. test. You yeah. should take that one. Yeah. All right. We're out of here. Love y'all. Peace out. See you next time on Coffee 101. <laughs>